what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Okay, so it is that time again, Brothers in Tech. I'm Alan Jackson. That is Brian Jackson. And it's our one time a week we get together and we talk technology. And uh, Brian, I don't know about you. I, I have, I've had, I've had a little bit of a week already. I'll get into that a little bit later. Mm. Um, so this, this time we get to get together and talk, just geek out on home and family and personal technology is actually kind of a, it's a nice little shining moment for me each week. Oh. It has nothing to do with you. It's because of me. Oh. It's the oh, top no, no. no, it's the topic that I'm mm. really into. I could be doing this with anybody. I just mm. the only reason I'm doing it with you is because we thought of the name Brothers in Tech as a cool name for a show. I'm like, well, now I'm kind of stuck. You only have one option. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one brother. And so I guess that's it. Um hmm. so anyway, how you doing, well, Brian? <laughs> On that note, <laughs> as I, I set you I'm up, so good about myself right now. Show. Yeah, how are you doing? Um, okay, so what, well, the way I'm going to look at this as a positive is yep. you said you could do this with anyone. You didn't say Pretty that much. it would be better with anyone else. No, so I'm, I'm going to say that you know I'm equally that, as good. I'm equally as good to be doing this with as anyone else, and I'm okay with that. You know, that's actually a step up sure. from where I felt like I was in your view. So sure, let's go with that. Okay. Let's go with let's let's let that let's let that be what's on record. Sure, Thanks. thank sure. you. Yeah, no, I'm good. sure there's no one else that could be better <laughs> than you on this show. Yeah, there's a lot of air quotes I was using for our audio listeners at that point. Um, mm. all right, we we get our little we get our little uh, spiteful banter out of the way. That's our typical thing to start with, but that's not why we're here today to talk. We are here to talk technology, as we say. Brian and I actually honestly do love talking technology. We get together and we 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 typically try to follow up. Each time we get together, there's either a topic we're going to dig into about something with home and personal technology, or maybe we're following up on some previous topics and areas. Sometimes we just have a lot of picks and recommendations of things we think are worth checking out. Tonight's a little bit of uh, some some following up on a few things, mainly I know we're going to get into a little bit later the uh, topic of email once again. Now, Brian, <laughs> we've talked about email a lot. Okay. We I, just, I want to go ahead and say we have. Yeah. Um, I realize that. I'm very aware of the fact that email has been an ongoing subject, email programs in particular. And I would feel worse about doing another iteration of email discussion today if it weren't for the fact that I learned just recently, just today, actually that our show from last week uh, did not actually broadcast on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere for people to see. Oh, interesting. And that was the episode okay. where I, we talked about email the entire time. So what I'm saying, Brian, is people who are watching this show now on Facebook or, or YouTube or anywhere else where we stream live, they don't know that we've obsessed about email for the last several weeks because last week they didn't hear us talk about anything. So this is kind of a new topic for them for us to be bringing back up. Um, so I have to do a little bit of recap on what's going on in the email world. Now, those of you listening on the audio podcast version, yeah, we have overdone email. You have heard about email for weeks on end. You're probably sick of it. And I'm sorry for that. 
but we do need to close this out. Don't you feel like Brian? I mean, we need to close this topic out. Today. Well, clo- closing, closing is closure is good. Closure okay. is going to be good. Yeah. I think and I, I am personally us- incredibly interested to hear yeah. your saga of email because I've been through the saga yeah. a number of times for myself and have not come up with the ideal solution. So I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. I might've gone a little overboard in my <laughs> assessment process um, here in a little bit. We are going to share less. with you. This is to recap really quickly what we're going to be doing. I have Brian and I talked a few weeks ago about what is the perfect email program. What makes the perfect email program? Because yep. we desperately want it. We talked about our yes. problems and issues with email programs, some shortcomings we've had with different email programs we've used. And we tried to decide what was the perfect email channel uh, program. And it's a, oh yeah, last week, I'm sorry. Did I mess up? Last week we didn't talk about it. Yeah, but that's okay. I That's all right. That's all right. Last week was over the air TV. And that's the one that yeah. did the broadcast. How funny was that? The one about that over the air my, TV my topic. Did, not, did not broadcast on live streaming TV. How, <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> Oh um, man! Thank you. We are, for- we are just dialed in these days. We are so dialed in. Yep. Well, let's go back. So people are sick of us talking about email, but we're going to close it out on this episode. Yep. This will be the last week we we'll talk about email programs. At I least, think- at least for another month. At least for another think, month before we talk. I think about I've it. got it. I think I cracked it, oh, Brian. Crap. I think I've got the yeah. winner. Listen, you're you're getting ready to set yourself up for failure. I have a feeling, but uh, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, Get excited. Get excited and uh, let's, let's do see this how then. it goes. Before I get into that revelation a little bit later on and kind of overwhelm you with the research I've done, <laughs> uh, let's just kind of catch up on a couple other outstanding items. Brian, you got anything going on right mm-hmm. now in the world of technology that you want to update us on? Anything as a you know, my anything, uh, my my tech world right now is is a little bit boring. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of new going on. I will say, I was I was kind of excited. I was about a day away from saying that I would make today an unboxing day where I was going to unbox something kind of cool, which is totally out of your, yours and my realm, which I thought would have been kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And it ended up, I, I got it today and it's not really, I'm not really ready to do a full unboxing, but I actually have a Samsung galaxy S 23, the brand new uh, Galaxy, not for myself. Uh, this is for research um, that I'm doing. But I thought, you know what? I haven't really played with high-end Samsung phones before. Okay. See what they do, what it's like, what the Android world is like right now. Um, so I thought that'd be kind of cool since we are so Mac-centric uh, on this uh, show. No. So hey. maybe next week or one of the future weeks, we'll uh, we'll have a little review of um, of the new Galaxy uh, S23. So here's what I would be interested in, Brian, knowing that you yep. and I are active uh, iPhone users. I, iOS. In, mm-hmm. Yeah, for years. I would be anxious, honestly curious to hear your kind of a one week in experience with a Galaxy phone. Yeah. And yep. Uh, with the Android operating system, with uh, just, you know, differences, likes, yep. uh, what things uh, maybe you like better. Uh, or are there some things yeah. that are going to be problematic? I'm just, I'm, I'd be really curious about that because we can be, we can become so jaded with the phones that we're used to for sure. Mobile right. devices. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think that'd be, well, that's, cool. that's the plan. Yeah. The, uh, I, I will say, unfortunately it's not a, it's not a 
foam that's going to have a plan on it. So I won't be using it as a normal person would. We're doing uh, some research with it. But just to get an idea of navigation, use, uh, speed, uh, well, I mean, handling. But you'll be able to connect stuff. to your Wi-Fi network. Oh, so. yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you're going to use it how 95% of people use their phones anyway. It's That's not true. as an actual phone. It is as a communication device. So, let's check so, so anyway, that that's not going to happen today, which is fine because I'm geeked out and interested in the email uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I will do a quick update on because I remember a few weeks ago, remember my drama from a few weeks ago, which was losing my car keys right? The key fob. Oh, right. And I was going yeah. through the entire process of figuring out what are my options? How much is it going to cost? What's the process like? Uh, so let me give you just a quick update on that. It's just in case other people get in this scenario in the future. So just a reminder, I lost my car keys, um, never found them. Uh, I had a tile on them that told me they were in a general location, but never found them. Um, so I was stuck in a position where I had to get a new key fob and my car is one. It's, I think it's a 2010. It's one that only works if you have the fob in the car and there is no physical key. So it is a push button start. Um, so that means that fob is <laughs> incredibly important, um, to be able to get in as well as to, to start the car. So, you know, my, my initial attempt at calling, the dealership to say, you know, what are my options? Uh, pretty much from the dealership's perspective, you only have one option. That was tow the car to us and pay us, you know, $650 to get a brand new key fob. The key fob itself, I think, is maybe $250. Um, and then the, so the, just a quick note out, key fob was $250. The uh, coding of it, I think, was... I don't know, maybe another $150 to $200. No, $200. It was $200 to do the coding process, so labor. And then there was another $150 to recut uh, the, what I call the valet key. I think they call kind of the emergency key that stuck into right. it that if I need mm -hmm. to be able to pull it out. So it was going to be $600 and something dollars plus mm -hmm. getting it towed to, uh, to the dealership. So, of course, I'm thinking, okay, that, stinks and i'm having to panic and figure out what um what i uh, when i'm going to do that and then i started reading around a little bit and found out that you know locksmiths can't actually do this i kind of felt like maybe they this was the dealership's way of getting locksmiths out of the equation but mm -hmm. it turns out no that locksmiths can't actually recode a key fob for you um and after doing some research found out that there are aftermarket key fobs that are actually that look exactly like the key fob that you had. So, oh, so good. I ended up going with uh, a locksmith uh, that came to the car. So they mm -hmm. drove out to the car and did it as a mobile, a mobile uh, install and it uh, took about 45 minutes. Um, the total there was $400 instead of six something. So saved a couple hundred dollars. Plus I didn't have to tow it. I yeah. didn't have to tow right. it. Which the towing um, would have been even more expensive too, right? It could have been, yeah. I think uh, AAA might have helped, but at the same time, for most people, yeah, towing would have been a, a brutal, more, yeah. brutal effect, right? You came out better um, in that situation overall. Came out better. Now, the key fob itself is, it looks the same for the most part. It doesn't have the logo on it. So you can tell it's kind of an aftermarket thing. Yeah, uh, sure. But it functions the same, functions the same, the same way. way. Um just be aware, you know, they do need to recode 
And the reason why even even people from a um, locksmith's perspective still have to charge you quite a bit is that to recode it means that they have to go to the dealership and purchase a code for your car. So they're actually going and purchasing a new code that they mm-hmm. then create a code, you know, and, um, you know, get this new fob kind of dialed into that new code. So there still is security. I, th- I think some people, me included, wondered, well, wait a minute, if a, <laughs> if a locksmith can go and just recode your fob for you, what's to stop someone who's an ex-locksmith, you know, yeah. going and recoding things? But they actually have to go and purchase a new code. Um, what I didn't ask is, could I could I get another one down the road? So let's say in six months, I go, you know what? I would like to have a second one. I don't know if they can recode to that same code or if they have to go somewhere else because by getting this new code, it means the old key, if someone were to find that old key eventually, it will not work. So it's a new code. The old fob will not work it. So I assume that they should be able to go and maybe create a new one if I paid, I don't know, another $400, $300 to get them to do it. So, So anyway, that's kind of my... It's boring. It's not that exciting, but it is my tech update that uh, you can get key fobs made and coded through locksmiths. Um, I will say, make sure the locksmith is totally upfront with you about when they say this is the same key that you had before. Make sure you confirm, is this a aftermarket version of that key or is this yeah. a, you know, a dealership or a, uh, uh, one by that particular car manufacturer, right? The OAM, I think they call it OEM, the original equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's there are ways of saving money with that. And especially with an older used car, I wasn't going to go spend a lot of money knowing that I don't know how much long I'll have this car, um, you know, maybe sure. another two yeah. or three years. So anyway, so that that is doable. And that's how the process works. They can do it on site. You don't have to go to the dealership. Um but I imagine the dealership probably also comes with some other things, some warranty and all that stuff. But if you got a used car and you're just needing to get a new key fob, you can do that with a uh, with a locksmith. So, and why we didn't do an entire episode on key fobs is beyond me because we have a we've had enough information to share about key fobs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now that, I, I've got more. Now that I've got more I can share if you want, but really? that's okay. We want to do no. a dedicated episode, schedule one out in a few weeks on just key fobs. The technology I can do the research. Key fobs. Yeah. I can do the research. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Brian, I'm glad that it's come along a little better than you expected. I hate you had to go through that process to begin with. Maybe if you Brutal. just keep your hands on your keys. Maybe. Maybe. I am now I am now looking at air tags and I think I mentioned that before yeah. you know that the tile showed its weaknesses which is that there's not know, enough no one around has a tile up then yeah. it's not going to be very accurate the uh, the air tags will be my my future move and I'm currently in the process of trying to get some of those but uh yeah I, so I'm we'll see I think I'm going to go with Air tags. I think I have yeah. had I've have a tile on my keychain, and your experience has now kind of made me think. All right, yep. yeah, this is probably yep. I probably need to swap this out. So, yep, good yep. call. On that. Agreed. Yeah. Speaking of swapping out, oh, this will be new to exciting. any of our video watchers because this was in the mystery lost episode last week <laughs> that did not go to video. The over-the-air TV episode that did not that the only way you could have watched that it not would have been possibly over-the-air TV. <laughs> Um, I mentioned last week to audio listeners that, um, had a little issue with, a. Uh, I purchased a new camera 
This is a work camera is a, uh, for a project I'm working on. Got a documentary I'm working on here soon, and I needed a camera that was going to be a very high professional level that I could use for this. And uh, mm-hmm. ordered it, had it shipped to my home because I knew I was going to be home that day. And it's one where they require signature. So I wanted to make sure I was going to be there in person. So I scheduled it for the day to, to, to arrive, and it did. And as I mentioned last week on the show, um, I opened the box up. It was kind of an odd packaging box to begin with. It was a cardboard box and then you open it up and there's a lot of loose open space in the box and a smaller box on the inside, which was the actual packaging of the camera. So I thought that was kind of odd to begin with, but when I cracked the camera open and I was rummaging through, the packaging was correct. The manual in the box was correct. All the supplies were correct, but I got to the actual camera body and I could tell right away it was not the right camera. Hmm. It felt much smaller looked at it, got it out of the bag, opened it, looked at it. It was truly a different model number than what I had actually ordered. <laughs> Same brand, but different model, a much, much cheaper model of camera. So I immediately contacted Best Buy, told them the deal. They said, okay, we'll just box it back up, pack it back up. I'm sending you a UPS label to use to return it. Drop it back. We have a new one coming out to you and it'll be to you next week. I said, okay, fair enough. That works. And, uh, Now, here's where the update comes is that last week I was expecting it to arrive, I think on Wednesday or so. And I kept getting emails that start from Best Buy saying your uh, replacement has been delayed. So it will not be here. And the last one I received was said it may even be the 23rd of March, which was like another week and a half, two weeks away. Mm. And I and I noticed a phrase in there that was kind of interesting. It said, our investigations department is still processing this. I'm like, all right, here we go. Mm. This is what's happening is they, I became they're aware. They're questioning that, you. Yep. There, is a, there is a well-known scam, supposedly, especially with cameras. Hmm. Uh, Brian, you went blurry, by the way. Wow, sorry. Yeah, I did. Uh, my bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm we were trying to, trying to freak was, out my... <laughs> It was a little yeah, better. Some, I mean, if you can go back to that, that'd be great. But I've got some blind, uh, yeah, some uh, high uh, high exposure going on 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 certain right. things. So go ahead, go ahead. You're interrupting the story, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yes. Yeah, so basically, my return, my replacement camera, is now in the investigations department. Yeah, so, geez. I've I got back on with Best Buy. I'm like, all right, what gives? Because you know. I was told last week that they were sending a replacement. I've shipped you back the, the erroneous camera. And they said, well, our records show we haven't received that return yet. I'm like, well, here's the tracking number. They looked it up. They're like, oh, it's, it's going to be in a Monday, like this coming Monday. I'm like, great. I said, so when it comes out on that Monday, I mean, A, I want to, I need to get my camp, the, the right your, camera I ordered. Right. And B, right. I want to make sure I get a, I, I get the right one. They said, well, they said it still could be a delay as long as much as up to another couple of weeks before they authorize this. And they said, well, part of it too is we're trying to make sure we find the right replacement to send. I said, mm-hmm. well, I went on Best Buy's website and pulled up the same camera and put in my shopping cart just to see. And it said it would be here in three days. I'm like, well, Mr. Best Buy, is it better than if I cancel yeah, this order, this one that I've returned and just say, I'm going to cancel that and just place a new order and I'll get refunded for the first camera and all that. He said, oh yeah, that would be actually a lot quicker and you'll get it right away and all that. I'm like, great. 
So I placed the order for the new, my actual camera and I canceled, had him cancel that previous order. Well, then I get an email on Saturday from Best Buy that says, um, we have completed our investigations process. And at this time we have determined we will not be issuing a refund or replacement item because our records show that the item was delivered successfully on March 6th, which was the day the first camera came. I said, okay, wow. I'm back on, right on with Best Buy again. I'm like, all right, talk me through the, talk me off the ledge here. Cause I'm pretty frustrated. Lose it. Yep. The woman there very tried to be very nice. Like, okay, I understand what's going on. She's like, I see that your return package is coming in on Monday. And once it's here, it will get processed and we will issue the refund. It's like that. You probably got that email because it was in the middle of, we hadn't gotten the replace the return one back yet and all that. I'm like, okay, I sure hope so. Cause I just bought a second camera. You guys have now charged me for two cameras and these I, are not, these are not cheap cameras. No, 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 no. And at that point I had zero of them. Now, now I did get my one in today. So I got my one in. I okay. actually videotaped myself opening it <laughs> to make sure. Yeah. Like yep. I had somebody in the office video me opening it up, showing that it was the right camera. I'm like, okay, good. Good call. Cause I didn't want to take any chances. If it was a, another wrong one that I was going to get screwed over on this thing. So here's the deal, Brian, there is a scam out there. We've done research on it with camera bodies. People are buying expensive ones, claiming when Best Buy sends it to them that they sent the they wrong one, and one. They're returning a lesser brand one they purchased mm-hmm. and keeping the more expensive one. And then Best Buy will then send them the real camera. And now they've got two of them. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. So um, they got two for the price. Especially of shady one. people like you. I mean, I could see people right. really thinking in that. I told him, I'm like, is my picture hanging up in a Best Buy when like <laughs> showroom is <clears throat> do not sell to this person or something, but it is. It, and it seems to be very common with camera bodies. And I can see why, because so many of these camera bodies, somebody could buy one and you know, you may get sent to you a one version back that may look identical yep. with yep. one letter of the model number off, but maybe that's a thousand dollar difference on the camera and people, not everybody is paying attention to it and, and returning it. So that seems to be something going around. So my word of wisdom mm-hmm. to people, if you're buying cameras or any kind of equipment gear, uh, please uh, make sure if it's something expensive, I would even recommend getting a, a videotaping yourself, opening the Unboxing box. It. Yeah. And showing idea. it that what model you got, because then you have proof that you were sent the wrong one. Unfortunately, I got potential blame placed on me saying that, Maybe I was being considered to the one that caused the scam, even though I was the recipient of that same scam from a previous order. So hmm. word of wisdom to everybody seems to be most prominent with, with cameras, camera bodies, but I can imagine laptops probably would have the same situation. If somebody bought a really high end processor laptop, but it looks exactly the same and swap it out with somebody, a lower tier laptop. Yep. They can get away. Yep. The same way. So, um, I mean, that's a good, people. that's good. Uh, that's a really good kind of educational piece. Yeah. And just on a side, can it, can you tell me like, how cool is it to have two of those cameras now though? <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> I mean, how awesome is it that your documentaries are not going to have two of these things going, anybody right? from Best Buy listening? I just, <laughs> no, seriously, you know, I have one. I just yeah, have one. I'm there for a while. I'm I had kidding. zero. 
Um, I'm kidding. Yeah, they sent a uh, they sent a Panasonic GH5, which still a good Panasonic Lumix GH5. Mine's a uh, Panasonic Lumix S1H. And I mean, they look similar. They're both Panasonic's. They're both the Lumix brand of Panasonic, but definitely a smaller body camera. And yep. looking it up online, uh, a much still a good quality camera, but a much lower quality camera. Significant, significant yeah. difference. Yeah. So, okay. Word of wisdom to everybody. Brian should call with Best Buy again. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, Brian, can we move on to our. Oh, please. I am. On the edge of my seat, um, looking for your research process into the email clients. So here's what I did. I, I uh, just as a background, really quickly, email is extremely important to me. It is the primary vehicle for my communications during my work and personal life. And I do so much work on email during the day. And nothing irks me more than an email program that does not work the way I'd really like it to work or makes it more complicated for me to handle my email. So going through programs, I realized that the programs I've tried the last couple of years, I've tried the Apple mail built-in program and had limitations on it. I've tried uh, spark. Mm -hmm. I have tried canary mail. Most recently is the one I was using every single one of them I've had issues with. But I needed to quantify exactly what my issues were and how widespread issues were with any of these. So here's what I did. God. Oh, tell me it was a spreadsheet. Tell me it was a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yes. (laughs) This is the email email showdown spreadsheet. Okay. Wow. I had, how many is this? Um, 13 email clients. Holy crap. Tested. Yes. Okay. I yeah. didn't even know there were that many out there, but there are 13 different email clients for my Mac computer was the basis of my, com- of my evaluation. I did not, I needed to know that there was an iOS version of the application, but I did not evaluate it on the iOS side because honestly, my needs on iOS are a lot less, are, are not as needy as they are on my Mac desktop version. If my Mac desktop version is good, I'll be fine with the iOS version I've got. I'm not too concerned about that. Okay. So this is all based on my Mac platform. Okay. I went through, these are all the functions that you and I came up with in our episode a couple of weeks ago of things that were critical to us. Now, the only one I did not include was exchange directory interaction because I don't use any exchange directories. Yeah. Right. So, and I went through and tested all of these apps, installing them, trying them out. I added at least two accounts mail accounts to each one of these apps and tried it. Now I will go ahead and tell you there's three at the end here that I did not get very far on because I hated them with a passion. (laughs) (laughs) The minute I started using them, there were issues. Um, Postbox, mail trim and blue mail. Two of them I'd never even heard of, but made it somewhere on a list of somebody's best Mac apps Hmm. or best best Mac email apps. Probably the developer themselves made that. I'm sure. Yep. So yeah. I installed them and within minutes, I'm like, no, I, I can't. Nope. Use these. Okay. Okay. So those three are pretty much gone. What I ended up Brian with, and I'll show you, this is actually the version I'm now working with. <laughs> so what you have is everything that is orange shaded means no, it did not have that function or feature. Okay. okay. 
So as I've moved further right, you can see that I went ahead and just X'd out all three, like all three of those apps at the end. Yeah, not going to happen. Yep. Not going to use them. And across here, uh, this is Spark 2.0, the version I had used uh, traditionally, and it had two things missing that mm -hmm. I felt like were kind of issue. And then I didn't highlight it, but the snoozing had the big bug issue that I was doing oh, right. on snooze. So that kind of kicked it out of contention for me. Spark 3.0 went through another pace with that. It not having a side-by-side -side layout for email is the biggest issue for me. That yeah. seems to be the new trend that email programs are starting to dabble with is this idea of not giving you a side-by-side -side view, but just giving you your list of emails. And when you click on an email, that email takes over a full screen. So you don't have um, a list on one side and your email preview on the other. Yeah, I, I don't like that it. Side by side. So mm -hmm. that kicked out Spark 3.0, the newest version for me. Okay. And plus, it didn't have templates that it did for uh, email templates either. Um, as I moved over, Newton Mail is one I tried. Um, mm -hmm. It also doesn't has not adopted. It's gone away from the side by side layout to that same. Uh, singular pane layout yep. like, like yep. Spark 3, which again kicked it out for me. I just I couldn't work with it. Outlook, Outlook was okay, but templates was the big issue for Outlook. Hmm. I, they let you do some templates, but it's really clumsy, very very awkward to do. And the templates that it lets you do, like email templates, it's just the body of the email. It's not things like who the two or carbon copy feed. Okay or subject line, all those things. It's just the body of the text. I'm like, well, it's not quite enough for me. Another thing with Outlook is I have uh, a couple of accounts, email accounts where I have aliases. So I have a, my work address at Jackson creative. I have a alias to that at Jackson insight. It's the same email per account, but I have two different email addresses I can use with that account. I needed two different signatures for those hmm. two email accounts. And uh, Outlook would not do that either. Also, Outlook doesn't color code your email accounts if you have multiple email accounts, which I thought was odd. So all that together, I just said, okay, that's that's three strikes for that. It's not quite working out. Mac Mail, that's the inherent Mac uh, mail program. Yep. Yep. Um, no snoozing, no uh, templates that have the address or carbon copy, and no color coding of accounts, email accounts, from what I could tell. The snoozing was the big one that kicked that out for me. So that one was good. Yep. Okay. Now we're getting to the interesting ones here. So Edison Mail is one that you and I talked about. You yep. had kind of mentioned it and we found it and we got excited about it. But uh, snoozing, it has snoozing, but not on the Mac version. It only has it on the iOS Yes. Version. Yeah, that, that, was was big, that was a big that was a big bummer. Basically, mm -hmm. the idea, Brian, is I was going from these features this being the most important and as it would scroll down i wanted to see how far i could get down the list before i hit it without another. losing one okay. yep Definitely. yep canary mail uh, as i mentioned before didn't have the signature for email aliases doesn't have rules for like automatically filtering some of your emails into different folders and it just uh it was a little awkward the, also yeah. the templates uh, not didn't work as well for me either there's a bit of quirkiness uh, with with uh canary yep yeah agreed i found it to be yeah. a little slow too surprisingly you'd open it and then 10 seconds later is when you'd have the new mails coming in which is a bummer yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so that left me with three three apps mm -hmm. Brian, that made the final list here airmail 
Okay. Polymail in missive. Now, there's no polymail or missive at all. I don't know either one of those. So here's the interesting thing about it. Polymail and missive are a form of email programs that are really ultimately designed to work for a team. Okay. Okay. The idea is that if you have multiple people in a team or group that you're using the same email program, there are additional features that you can um, enjoy being part of a team email client environment. So for example, with these programs, Polymail and Missive, if you set up other users as a team and they have the same program, then if you, uh, you can have a shared inbox for some accounts with them, meaning that you both get the same inbox and either person can respond to it. You can actually have side conversations alongside an email chain. So really good if you're doing like customer service or something where you need to respond to a customer service email that comes in and you got multiple people who could all choose to respond to it. But then you can make notes off to the side and have those conversations shared with your other teammates and things like some other shared calendars and other things can go along with it. Now that's of no real need to me. I do not need a team-based email client. Um, I work in a small team. Uh, we already have communication tools that we use for inside our group. So I just needed for me for email. However, e- airmail is the one that is still meant for an individual. It's a standard email client. I will admit it had the most good stuff going on with it. Okay. The only showstopper for me, and not even showstopper, but last on my list was I really liked how some of these email programs, when you click on your email, it could have a sidebar off to the far right that would show you things like history of contacts with that person, past emails they've sent and so forth. Uh, uh, Airmail didn't have that, but it was the last on my list. I'm like, you know what? I think I can probably work with this okay. So I did use Airmail as my email client for 48 hours. (laughs) And And? it is the one I would probably would have recommended. And I was all ready to recommend until a couple days ago because it had the most that was pretty promising for it. Let me show you airmail. See if I can get this up. Yeah. It's been quite a while since I've used airmail. Yeah. So this is airmail. It's a nice looking, um, Mm -hmm. is a nice looking program. Okay. I like it in general. Um, it's you know got my multiple accounts in it. It's color coded of emails. I mean, it it just works kind of how you expect it to. It has some nice. So by the by it. the color code, you've got the red and the blue bar mm-hmm. over there, right? Okay. Identify which account mm-hmm. of my accounts I'm in here in. Um, but what I experienced with Airmail and the reason why I'm not going to be recommending it is um, it's quirky. It has some bugs, and those bugs seem to be well-known in the online community. Hmm. Looking at App Store reviews, looking at other chat online, there tend to be a lot of people with bug issues with airmail. And I encountered, even just in two days, a couple little quirky just formatting issues and things that just didn't always line up right or look right on screen. Yep. And reading about it, it's like people are saying there's a lot of support issues, especially in the last several months with latest updates they've put out. So I also looked on their website from a support standpoint and 
you know how you can document like whenever you make an update to you kind of have a, a change log of anything that's happened whenever you make updates to your program. Here's yeah. all the things we fixed. Here's all the things we added, whatever. Their change log is basically uh, bug fixes. Like, and that's mm. the only thing they say in that list of like every update they've made in the last year, bug fixes, bug fixes. Doesn't tell you what they are. Just yeah. that's it. Yeah. No other explanation. They have a blog on their website, the developer that hasn't been updated since 2018. Um, all those things started to get me a little concerned thinking about, it. I don't really want to invest in getting all into this program and just start to have bug issues. Like a lot of people online are saying that they are. Okay. Now airmail, uh, all three of these that are in contention are paid email apps. We'll go ahead and lay that out there. That was, unfortunately I, I said on the, conversation that you know i'd be willing to pay a little bit per month if it's the perfect email program for me yep so uh airmail is five or 4.99 a month for the mac version and also 4.99 a month for the ios version so you're going to spend ten dollars a month okay. um i opted not to go with airmails so i've still got it installed but i've not continued i'm not actually initiated a full um, subscription at this point because of the support issues I'm being concerned about. That's the main thing. Hmm. Um, everything else about it's pretty good, yeah. but it's the concern about support. And there's just enough little quirky things were happening within a short period of time for me to say, this feels like it could be uh, problematic for me. So that brought me to the other two apps, which were both team-based apps, but I was curious if they could be just as effective as an individual uh, app. And again, the two are left are Polymail and Missive. So right off the bat, I'll go ahead and tell you, Polymail, I had to X out because it is expensive. Um, it is thirty bucks, forty nine dollars a month. Ooh, yeah. Now I will tell you there, Brian, this program is awesome. Okay, mm. just FYI, <laughs> it has got just about everything I need in an email program. It has integrations with Asana, which is an application I've recommended before as a nice project yeah. planning, project management yep. app. Uh, integrations with Slack and Zoom. It has built-in calendar functions, and it will allow you to do your own um, availability scheduling. Mm -hmm. And it That's will give nice. you a public page just like um, um book uh, what's some of the booking services that you, you, you can book me or yeah um, right mm -hmm. yeah and it's all nicely integrated it just kind of ties into your email it's just another function you can add to your calendar um gosh what else it's got um i made a list of them now here uh automated email responses so you can actually set up scripting <laughs> and say hey look i want you to send this email on this date and then if they don't respond send this one on this many days oh, wow. later That's it nice. is really cool i've loved it you could have an email conversation that you could press a button and get a link and share that link with somebody. And that would allow them to see the email conversation without actually getting into your wow. email account. A lot of really very, cool things. Very, there, business, very business and team oriented. Absolutely. Said, right? Yeah. Yep. There's a web interface. Like you could actually go and access your email with the exact same interface as your desktop app on the web if you needed to. So many great features, but man, is it just expensive. And I just said, yeah. I cannot justify yeah. spending that kind of money per month on an, on an email app for me. So that leaves me with missive missive. As you can see, mm -hmm. everything is checked. The only one it didn't have, which is the same thing that nobody has, which is a, a, their own inherent junk mail filter system. 
all of these email apps pretty much, with the exception of Mac Mac Mail's program, use they just rely on the junk mail filtering of whatever email provider service you're using, Google or whoever it may be. They're not adding their own junk mail filtering on right. top of that. Right. Okay. So once I realized that nobody else does that, and Mac Mail seems to be the only one that has its own extra junk mail engine on it. I said, well, I'm not going to make that a criteria of whether or not I, I use an app. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to be too limiting. So Missive had everything. It has integration with Asana, integration with Zoom, integration with Dropbox and Google Drive. Um, and it has one thing, Brian, that it's kind of exciting, but it's not 100% there. <laughs> it's really okay. okay. I'm going to show you the, the app here. This is a paid app and it is still pricey. It's $18 a month. Okay. I'm not crazy about the price again, but is that desk, desktop and iOS or it one includes of the other? both. Yeah. You don't have okay. to pay. For okay. Both. That's it's $8 that's, more a month than I would have been paying with AirMail. Yeah. Okay? Yep. That's the kind of the way I'm looking at it. And I'm not happy about that, but them's the yep. breaks. Um, so let me show you missive because I'm actually really enjoying using this program already um okay where is it oh yeah um here we go this is missive okay first off it is a super clean email program it is exactly the kind of look i like it doesn't rely on a whole bunch of big buttons and icons and all this stuff. It's really just kind of, it looks a lot like Apple mail, mm -hmm. but just a little bit more, maybe a little bit more professional look to it. And I've got all my sidebar here that, you know, I can, I can change and move around with. Got my main email in the middle. It's color coded emails coming in. I've got, I set the color coding I wanted for each account. I set whatever I wanted the, the color shading to be. Blue means it is an unread email. Oh, I like it. Orange means it's one that's coming out of a snooze, meaning I mm. snoozed it from a previous day. And it shows me, hey, this popped in your inbox now at 7 o'clock. And it's one you wanted me to snooze for that that's time. That's nice. Mm -hmm. so it's really nice. I can Obviously, if I click on it, it's very fast, very snappy. Looks great. Everything works really nice. Um, it's amazing how many setting options this application has. You can customize almost every single element you see here <laughs> with this. Um, even like you know, the fact that I'm opening up an email and it's automatically showing me all the expanded information. I can toggle that and say, no, I don't want to see that. And it just doesn't, doesn't show it by default unless I actually click the little carrot to open it up and see it. Um I've got, you know, easy controls up here. You can customize all of these buttons. I can choose what buttons I want to have up here. I can choose what buttons on the side. I can choose what options are available to me. Um, here's the thing I love the most is the searching, Brian. If I do a search, like if I look for your name, it finds all instances, but I can go ahead and pull your name up, but then I have some more filtering I can do underneath it. Say, okay, do I just want it to have it search in a certain mailbox now oh, that's nice. or with a certain label that I have for my, my mail accounts. And then I can go even further and say, well, now just show me anything from Brian that's unread or show me anything that's snoozed or not snoozed or whatever it may be. Hmm. You can get really granular just with a couple of options here on your searching. So I've been really happy with that so far as well. Um, 
Well, let me show you the thing that's kind of interesting and it will be helpful to me. It's not the perfect solution that you and I talked about a few weeks ago, but you can add some social media accounts from Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Okay. However, it's only for pages, like business pages. It is not for your personal Facebook Messenger. But for me, I do have several groups and things where I manage the Facebook page and I do get messages that come through those Facebook pages and I always miss them because I never go and check them. Right here, it does bring them in and it shows up like an email. Hmm. And I can respond right here in the app and it will respond on Facebook for me as the organization. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's close. Now, if this had, I got so excited when I read about it. It got this. personal. Oh I'm my like, gosh. If it had Facebook Messenger personal, and if it had Twitter, I'm like, oh, this would be perfect. It does have Twitter, but Twitter costs $20 a month per account to add on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and now I, we, I actually read a blog post by the developer about it. He's like, yeah, that sucks, but that's what Twitter cost for us to tap into its API hmm. and allow us to do messaging outside of the Twitter app, it's 20 bucks a month per account. So if you want it, you can pay the 20 bucks and you could stay in this app and respond to Twitter messages and so forth here. I don't get enough Twitter direct messages to justify that at all. But But if that was your business, yeah. I mean, if that was your business, if you were a blogger, if you were a writer, right, this would be a nice, nice way to go. Mm -hmm. Well, Facebook is free. The Facebook pages, you can add as all the Facebook pages you want and interact with those pages with comments and all that from here. So, and these are pages that you are an owner or pages that you are just a member, only your owner. Well, whatever privilege you have to be able to make comments and respond to comments. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that automatically for me a little bit. I'm like, all right, good. If I don't have to go to Facebook to deal with those kind of messages on my, film society page or my company Facebook page or whatever, then that's good as well. It fully utilizes uh, Google tags uh, for everything or labels, I guess is the word. So I can get very, very customized here about what I want to see on my sidebar. I got all the email labels for all the different accounts. (laughs) Let's see. And it's not showing you the, oh yeah, here they are. Yeah, so all the uh, different labels I can apply to any emails and I can actually choose what I want to pin on the side sidebar here as different tags I want to keep in the forefront because they go right there under labels. And so if I said I want to keep everything I label as invoices, you know, and I tag it as invoices, then I can have an invoice label over here and automatically just go right to it. Other thing, the search I did up there just recently of your name, it can contain your most recent searches here. I can go back and revisit that right away as well. Slick. It is, it is nice. And I just love the fact that it just looks really sharp and and really clean for me. Can you, Um, can you show me the Asana integration? It's over there to the right, I guess. Mm -hmm. So this does have a, you know, that's that sidebar for contacts I was talking about. Okay. If I do um, click on an email, I can actually see, all the emails from that address on a little pop-up. Now, I can, one of the options, because again, I said everything on here is customizable. I can make that sidebar sticky where it's always on the right-hand side. Yeah, I choose to make to it pop up because it's just I, I, I don't need it all the time, but when I do, it's there, and that's nice. That's but great. on that sidebar, I also have 
calendar. So it does have a nice, pretty nice calendar option. Um, if I wanted to go and see the full calendar, oh, where do I do that? Oh, over from month, right? Is that what you're doing? Change the month to? Oh, yeah. But there's different views. You know, your agenda view, you got your day view you can do right here as well. So, yeah. So you got those options, but you can also view the calendar full screen if you wanted to as well. Hmm. Asana, though, right here, it's pretty simple, but I mean, basically, from any email, I can go in and my right click options, I've got new task. And if I say new task, I can go ahead and it will make a new task in Asana for me with the name of the, uh, the, the subject of the email, a link to that email already in the Asana task, and I can choose what project to put it under and go ahead and give it a due date yeah, and, and assign it to great. somebody in my team, whatever I need to do. So it's nice. It's all the integration I need for it. I just need to go take an email and say, turn that into a task and assign it to one of my coworkers and boom, they have it. So if you, if you assign that to me, does that mean that I can now see that email? I think so because it's actually sending you to a web link, the actual web yeah. address link for that. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, um, yeah. So that's how Asana works there. And again, I can go in and add other integrations. These are all the integrations it comes with out of the box. Mm-hmm. I've just added the four that work for me, but um, a lot of these I don't recognize. But Giphy, I know, is where you can actually build in a little animated GIFs into your emails and tie that in, which would be kind of fun to do. Um, so anyway, this is Missive. It is pricier than I wanted to spend per month, and I'm still not happy about spending that much on an email program. But having the social media pages interaction is a huge benefit, something I probably would have paid a few dollars a month to have anyway. Um, ooh, money's on the way. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, then <laughs> just the fact that you know everything's so clean and organized, the settings, let me see if I can show you how crazy these are. So this is my settings panel. And it's like every panel in here, I mean, every option for what you want to have happen with anything you do on any email and any kind of configuring is here. Um, so obviously, email. obviously swipes, you can create the swipes to be as you want them on desktop as well to snooze to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about the swipes. I mean, you want to talk about granular customization. Oh, geez. On your swipes, I can control like what level of swipe to do for the two <laughs> different options. Wow. Because what I noticed is I was swiping and it's like I was too many times I was accidentally deleting instead yep. of archiving. So I went in and I'm like, oh, I can just move that to here. And now I really have to move it all the way across to delete To get it. a full. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Uh, my snoozes, I can get super granular with those. Um, shortcuts, you can assign your own keyboard shortcuts on just That's about good. everything you want to have happen. Yep. Shortcuts are key. Notifications. I can see for every type of notification. Do I oh, want wow. You can design it desktop and mobile. Jeez. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, let's see. Composer hmm. is where I'm can You can kind of create, um, design how your email is going to look when you send it out. Now, signatures, I've got um, signatures are attached at the account level. So there's all my accounts and I can go in and see the signature. And I do have the option of if I have an account with multiple addresses, I can change the signature for each address. 
just like that and have it saved there. Um, so again, checking all the boxes for me. Um, rules. Okay, this is kind of crazy. So these are all different rules I've created to not only filter email that's coming in the inbox and what I want to do with it. Like, do I want to, let's see, for example here. Yeah. These are like four different subjects of emails. If any one of these come through, I wanted you to add this label and put it in this category. And then I'm going to have it remove it from the actual inbox. So that way it doesn't stow up there as well. I have these, the color code. To color code the accounts, I had to actually go in and tell it to do it as a rule. But I'm okay with that because I can actually be very, very specific with it. So I want any time an email comes into this account to automatically set that conversation. That's what they call their emails as conversations. Set that conversation color to whatever color I want. And then I could also do other things with it in addition to that. But I said, no, I just want it to color code it. So I created a color code for each one of my accounts that way. But I can also have rules that apply on outgoing messages or like when I send something out, I can have it trigger an action as well. Hmm. Um, and then the last thing I was going to show you was, oh, where were the, um, somewhere's my um, templates. Oh, you know what? Maybe the, I don't think they're actually in here. If I were to go and say, I want to create a new email and I know you're not seeing this because it popped up in a new window. I want to see how I can do it. Let me see if I can respond to this. Um, I'm trying to see if I can do it in the same window so you can see. It's yeah. Not. Let yeah. me, let me uh, quickly just share this. The full screen. Window. There we go. So now if I go in, there's a button down here at the bottom for inserting responses. These are my responses and I can craft any number of them and have them on call ready to use. <laughs> but if I wanted a certain template, I can actually customize what account it's going to come from, who I want it to go to or who I want it to carbon copy or who I want it to blind carbon copy. Go ahead and have a subject line in there. Go ahead and have a formatted text, exactly what I want. And I've saved that as a response. And now if I just double click on it, it would drop in that format of that response for me into this email with the addresses I've already got plugged in and everything. Um, and go back, go back to your templates again yeah. real quick. Mm -hmm. So if you click on one of them, let's see. Yep. Yeah. And then it, as you went down to the bottom a minute ago, there was some, Oh, we can edit. Yep. So you can actually tell it, you know, put that person's first name or something mm -hmm. in there. Yep. You have uh, the merge fields. Good. There you go. Yep. Yep. So you can like make it say first name of that person if you have it. Um, and it says when inserting a response, you can even have it ask you to confirm the value before you send out that email just to make sure it doesn't automatically populate it with something wrong. Or say no, just go ahead and as long as it's got something to populate, go ahead and send it. Um, hmm. You can get very, very granular with these with, the, with everything on the responses, which I like. Yep. So great. all it is is just you know knowing you just got to pop up a button and choose the response and then insert it, and it's in there. Ready to go. Wow. I think that's everything. Okay. Tell me, tell me one. real quick though. What's what's the private comment versus an so email? That's where the whole team thing comes. If in. that's if you're in a team with that person. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, or with anybody, if I wanted to assign somebody 
I can add a user. Okay. But it tells me I'm alone in my company. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, but if there was, I could invite somebody into this email conversation. They would then be able to see the emails that I add them to. And then we can have a comment chain of text comments about this email. About the email. Off to the mm-hmm. side. That's the one thing about this app that I'm not crazy about is that, you know, you kind of have to overlook all the little team elements that just don't apply to us. I mean, I'm, luckily enough, they're easy enough to hide. Yeah. But you are constantly kind of reminded that there are team elements that it would really like for you to use teams with multiple people. But it's pretty clear even on their marketing website that, hey, this is designed for teams, but it works just as good for anybody individually on their own, you know? Um, the little the zoom, in, zoom integration button there was to add a zoom to the a zoom link. Yep. You could say it's add a connected. meeting zoom. It's already connected to my zoom account. So if I say add the zoom, it actually pops up a window. Let's me put in all the parameters, time, start oh, time, everything that. And once I hit it, it's embedded that link into the email and it's already created the event on my zoom. So, wow. Super. Um, I know I just feel like I'm just kind of making a sales pitch for this app, but I'm just having so much fun using it. Um, mm. Like here, it's even showing me I've started a draft on this one and I can you know, work with it however I need to. Every email, I can customize what buttons are down here at the bottom. So if I want to do my Asana task from here, I can click that. Um, so many options, so much configuration, which is great. The big thing, though, that, I know I talked about airmail and just choosing not to use airmail because of my concerns about support. Yeah. I will say missive is a relatively a newer app. It is a port from windows. So it was windows first and they ported a version to Mac. It appears. And it's a little obvious sometimes, even like the settings, it's not the typical, but up in the Mac menu, you pull down to go to preferences or settings. You got to go down here and it's this whole pop-up yeah. window, which is a little, not Mac OS style. Well, it's it's definitely more iOS style. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's iOS. Still pleasing. It still that. works for me. It's just, yeah. I can tell it's a little bit more of a, hey, we had a Windows version and now we've glossed it up into a Mac yeah. version. Um, still has some things that carry over from that Windows port. Um, but the support on it. I went to their website. Blog is like constantly they're putting up new articles. I I started a subscription with Missive and within 24 hours, I had an email already saying, hey, here's everything that's coming up in March that we just did or some new additions and new features. I had a problem with the billing. I actually turned on the billing, but then I'd accidentally deleted their the organization, the Jackson Creative Organization, which unfortunately I didn't realize actually was what was tied to the billing. So when I added my organization back into the email program, it had lost my billing. So I had to reach out to their support and ask about that. Within four hours, I got an email back from the president of the the developer <laughs> saying, hey, no problem. Here's what happened. If you go ahead and just uh, start a building back, I'll send you a credit immediately and, and apply the credit to you. You're good to go. And it did. And he did right away, like as soon as I told him this issue. Um, nice. Supposedly, he's very responsive. The developers are very responsive. Um, there have been... Every time they make an update, there's an email digest of everything they did and all the new features they put in and so forth. So that's already put me at really at ease. That's cool. Yeah. That. So, and you've tried so the iOS? You've tried yeah. the iOS? Yeah, iOS is great. Slick. Works okay. Yeah. Great. It's, 
I have no issues at all with it. It is really nice. And, is there uh, a uh, is there a test run? Does it allow you a week test? Or you, you get a um, well, hold on. Let me let's bring up the missive website. A trial. Yes, there is because I was using it as a trial for a while. Okay. Um, I just don't remember what the term on it is. All right. So this is the website for missive. It is missive. Um, missiveapp.com. Okay. okay. And as you can see, when you get here, I mean, it is all about teams. They really try to play that up, but you know, try it for free. Um, I forget how long you get it for a week. Well, it's not terribly long, but okay. Um, Maybe if you go up to pricing, does it give you kind of the time? So yeah, let's first. talk about the pricing on this. Okay. So technically, all right, I should mention this. This is this is a good good point. They do have different pricing models. There is a free model of this app, but the history of your email, it only brings in the last 15 days that you can actually view or search. Hmm. And you can only have two different email accounts in it. Okay. Okay. No, I'm sorry. That's not correct. You can actually do a large number of accounts. Those are shared accounts on the team. So that doesn't really matter. The biggest factor is that history. Now, I could have gone with the six-month history at $14 a month. But honestly, I, I still find myself, I'm searching and using emails from a long time ago. Well, and the integration is big, right? Integration with Asana. That's only with... Yeah, and that was the other thing. Is this, uh, Integration mm -hmm. with Asana is included at 18. The rules, which I've already started using, are at 18 and so forth. So that's it. Um, again, yeah. I wish it wasn't. I mean, if this was a $9 a month app, man, I would be just so happy. But... 18 bucks a month is a little pricey. And I'm surprised do. they don't have company or organization pricing where you say, Hey, I have 10 people in my, my business and, mm -hmm. you know, get a cheaper for each one of them. But still, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everything you've shown, it seems to be incredibly slick and clean and no major quirks. I mean, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I mean, for me, iOS is a really big thing you know because if, yeah. if i'm going to pay that and it's going to be the ios i'm going to of course use both and i want to make sure both are slick sure. and efficient but well and you know for example here's the when they made their latest update 10.44 you know just uh two days ago they made a video that walked through all the changes and updates salesforce integration which again for corporate or business users is really nice but not yeah. something for me but all the things they added in very, they did another update back in February. So it's active development, active updating, which is nice to see as well. Um, wow. So yeah, that's exciting. I'm, uh, that's exciting. I'm, yeah. Brian, I actually enjoyed using, um, I enjoyed using email today. Wow. With this app. Wow. Oh, and talking about the uh, social media site again, that integration, uh, it does integrate with some SMS tools, but it has to be Dialpad, Twilio, or SignalWire, which don't use any of those. So hmm. unfortunately, it would be nice if they could integrate some more SMS in the future. But having an SMS integration means you could actually respond to text messages within the app on that end. WhatsApp is, is integrated if you're a WhatsApp user. 
Facebook Messenger for businesses. That's kind of the key word there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Instagram also for businesses. Um, Twitter, but again, this is what costs additional money. But I mean, the Twitter integration looks nice. It's like just responding to a Twitter message right away. Got to be so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, That's pretty so, cool. Um, That's pretty cool. I am very happy. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm starting a GoFundMe though. If anybody would like yeah. to help co-opt my $18 a month email um, habit. Um, yep. Well, I, I was going to chime in when you mentioned pay and remind people, you know, we've talked about paid versus unpaid apps in the past. And the problem with email is that there are really solid free Absolutely. apps, right? Apple mail, right? Outlook, all of these things are very, very solid apps. Um, but as we've shown, I think they all purposely keep a few key features off because they're not paid apps. And they basically leave a, you know, an industry for the paid app folks. And But the beauty of paying is that you do then have kind of the right to being asked for quality things and you expect them to update. And if they don't update, they lose you as a paid member. And so I think there's some there's some benefits a lot of times for doing paid. And of course they're not going to be integrating any um, ads or anything into your email because they're not trying to pay for your, you know, pay for your service in other ways. Well, and on that note, Brian, there is a button inside the missive app under the help menu for feature request. And they're keeping a running uh, interactive Mm -hmm. poll for the users to mark up any features or add a new feature request that they could consider. To me, I always love it when I see that a a developer is doing this because that means they want to get feedback from the audience, the users, and the ones that are getting the most traction are the ones they're probably going to try to prioritize if they can. So, you know, people are saying they really would like to apply rules to emails retroactively, meaning if an email is already in your inbox, but you want to go and apply a rule to it after it's already been arrived, they want to be able to do that. Um, they want to be able to have more analytics and reporting off of email response time and so forth. So I put in mine, you know, one click unsubscribe. This app doesn't yeah. have that one button unsubscribe yeah. from like a mail list, which would be nice. A lot of people want that. So I love seeing this and kind of knowing it's an interactive community of people using it. And it's a developer that seems to be pretty responsive on things. So hopefully there'll be a few of these things added before too long as well. Um, okay. So two Two quick questions on my on my need list. Uh, I can't remember. Did you say this did or did not have a focused email or a focused inbox? No, it does okay. not. There's not a focused no. email. That was uh, that was a, a nice wish list item for me. Not a have yep. to have. Um, yep. So it did yep. not. I've do gotten that. very used to that with Outlook. But so it just sounds like what you need to do is you'd have to go in and be granular with your rules. You know, to say yep. there's a second inbox that everything goes here to me to read later okay uh dark mode it supports dark mode i assume yeah with all those features Uh, i can imagine it wouldn't but let me just make sure about that appearance oh yeah um uh here i am yep so if i go i actually have several options i can do yeah auto light or dark or i can just have a dark sidebar so if I'd want to, sorry, sidebar to be dark, but the rest of it to be light, I could do that. Okay. But it will do a full, you know, automatic uh, light or dark mode based on your 
There's the yep. mode. Nice. On that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. And the highlights still show up and that's good. Mm-hmm. What else you got? <sighs> hmm. Yeah, I just, man, I don't know, all man. It's really good. Well, the big thing for me was, I mean, a lot of these apps, I've really gotten excited about the options. And when I get in there and see, oh my gosh, that's a great option. And then as you said, there's bugginess throughout the app. And that's where it probably yeah. suggests that when it's, a, when it's a free app, it's not getting the, the developers full time um, because, you know, they're not, they're not necessarily getting paid for it. So you might get the bugs and the bugs may last a long time. So can I show you one little thing that I thought was kind of genius that I'm, I'm surprised hasn't been more in use in other email apps. If I go in and I view an email that's come to me and if I hit to reply, well, hold on, that's not what I wanted. If I want to reply, Oh, I think I just need to do it with one person. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's under the forward. That's what it is. If I forward it to somebody, I have the option of forwarding in this conversation, meaning I basically am taking this exact email and just forwarding it. And it's basically going to be kind of in that same chain of email thread. Or I can forward it to somebody in a whole new email thread, which if you think about it, actually really makes sense because it's like, I had to do this today. Like somebody wrote me and there was a problem that we needed to kind of take a look at. I forwarded it to one of my coworkers said, Hey, keep me up to date on this. Take a look at it. Tell me what you think. And I know that if he responds back, that's in a whole separate email thread. Right. Right. In the original one. So I don't have to worry about scrolling back down and finding the original email from the person and making sure I respond just back to them and I don't accidentally respond to everybody type of thing. Hmm. It's just a little nuance like that, but I'm like, oh yeah, that actually does make sense the more I think about it. That's really nice. Because a normal forward would be outside of that conversation, right? So really the the, the unique Mm -hmm. element there is that you could actually include them in this conversation. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then when they respond to that, they're responding to everybody. Is that what that would do? Or is it just you for your view? Is it just you viewing? If I forward in a new, I've got a new window that pops up and it's, I can forward it to anybody and it does not have any of the other people. Okay. Okay. In the initial email. So really this is about your view of that. If I say forward it in this conversation, it's still not forwarding it to like the people that were in the original email. I'm forwarding it to somebody, but the difference is, is that when they respond it's going to be responded within this chain. If I say, keep it in this conversation. Got it. So when I go so and scroll visually, down here, I can visually see you'll it. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll be able to see my coworkers response in this chain scrolling through as opposed to it being another conversation in my inbox starting. Yeah. Which there are cases where that makes sense. And I want to have that. So, um, and then last thing it, I've seen it several times pop up where there's a little button at the bottom that would say, watch this conversation. Yeah. What does that mean? So So when you started to do a forward or something, it would pop up at the bottom. I think you can have a certain category of emails that you're watching. And when you're doing your filtering, um, oh, what is it? I honestly haven't gotten into the watching, so I don't know what the deal is on that. Yeah, I wonder if it's like just a... There you go. Kind of a conversation. Since conversation watch. I don't know if that means that I would get some sort of notification. Notifications. Or yeah. When anything happens on that notifications one. Notifications for that one. 
which would be super slick, right? Because I do not ever have email notifications on because it's just overloading, right? But if I said, no, this conversation is really important to me, I need this coming, that would be pretty impressive. So what does it say? It doesn't say anything about the watching as far as setting specific notifications on that. So that's... Can you do a search? Yeah, do a search for watch. Let's see. Uh, automatically watch conversations when commenting. Automatically watch conversations when creating a task. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the watch is. know what does. the watch is. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's something. It's not a pull down here. And it's not including a new mailbox there? No. No. I'll have to check into that. That's something I'm, yeah. I haven't really played around with to see what that does. But I tell you what, if if it's not what what I would hope it would be, which if if that could turn on notifications just for that conversation that says anything that replies to that one would come in, and then you unwatch it when you're done with it, boy, that would be super slick. Which I assume this is a version of. It's got to be a version of what you're watching. Yeah, you know, watching has to be some version of telling you what's happening, but. Also curious about merging. Like it says, you can merge. I wonder how that merges two emails chains together. Yeah, probably just again. I think it sounds it sounds like it's doing a lot of visual merging. Yeah. Like, it's all just okay. grouping into one conversation. Yeah. I can scroll through all of them in one place. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I'm, and I just it's snappy, it's speedy, it's clean, it's it makes sense to me. I like having all the options. Yeah, I'm having to learn some of the options a little bit more. Um, you know, little things that still I wish weren't here. I wish you could turn off like new conversation is really meant for a team. Like I want to start a conversation with somebody in my okay. team. So yeah. I have a new email or new conversation. I kind of wish I could turn that off and not even have that presented as an option. But And you can't like edit the toolbar or anything like that? Not that particular one, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, you know, it's a little bit of a quirk thing. I wish it was a little different, but. And when the, you, the and when you select multiple, when you yeah. select multiple emails right now, that's what pulled up some really interesting things. Yeah. So you can do a lot of things to those particular things rather than just delete them. I yeah. love that. I do love that. Yep. Yeah. I can actually snooze them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Even if I want to, or merge them really nice. here as well. Yep. Yeah. I'm man. I'm. Wow. I, you I may have done it, Alan. You may have yeah, done I guess it. they say you get what you pay for. And yeah, I am paying right. more than I wanted to on an email program. But and you're right, Brian, there are great email programs out there that are free or super, super inexpensive that are going to meet 95% of people's needs out there. Um, mine were just a little more extreme. Mine were a little more needy. And if, it, yeah. if $18 a month is what I'm needing to get this kind of level of enjoyment out of working with email and organizing my email, then so be it. Hmm. So my well, Venmo account is, um, <laughs> I'm going to put it up on the screen. If anybody wants to send me dollars to pay for my $18 a month email habit. Um, I think I'm just going to, it's a business write-off. So I should be okay. So. so the question would be, and, and not that the missive people need to be listening, but how many email accounts can you have? With your service? So I do think that there is a limit on what you can have. Um, somewhere I read 10. Okay. 
Um, that is what I'm hearing is 10. And I, I need to verify if that's 10 email accounts or if that's total 10 accounts you're connected to, meaning that would also be your social channels. Right, right. Now, luckily, I'm I'm in there. Actually, I've got right now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven email accounts, but two of them I'm going to be phasing out of and not using. So I'm basically going to be down to five uh, here pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. And I have right now three Facebook pages that I interact with. So I'm good if it is counting social accounts as part of those 10 accounts. Um, but that, that would be something I'd be, you know, if somebody really had a lot of social channels they wanted to like work with. Yeah. There may be a limit on that. I'm not sure. But I'm also thinking if you had, you know, a husband and wife that together only had about seven accounts and they didn't mind seeing each other's and each person pulled up on their desktop and just hid the ones that aren't theirs and the other person hid, (laughs) you know, and they were basically utilizing all these features. But the only downside is that you'd have access to their emails if you wanted to. But, you know, because that price is that's a hit. You know, you know how I am about recurring recurring fees. And uh, and I don't like to pay for. Well, monthly fees on something, especially when, when there's other options, but I I'm with you. Email is so vitally important to me (laughs) and it is so frustrating when it doesn't do what I want it to do. Um, that to me, it may be worth that, you know, $18 or $14 a month, maybe in my case, but well, what you can only going to give it a shot. You could definitely, um, hold on. I'm trying to plug in a cable here. I mean, you can absolutely uh, start with a free plan, knowing that you're only going to have 15 days of emails you can go backwards on. Sure. But a hookup. And by the way, that does not delete my old emails because my old emails are on the server, right? It's just what I'm using to search there. They say in the documentation is just hiding it um, from you. So So I just won't be able to see it on this app, but I can go to another app and still see it. It's a little bit of a pain in that it, it. I tried it for a little bit before I've signed on for the paid. And yeah, you could do a search and it will show you that there's an email down there that is one you oh, probably you are looking for. And if it. you click on it, it's like a little, a little message just comes up and says, sorry, yeah. you can't see it. Um, pay to get it. Which, pay, pay more, pay more and you can get this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why I ended up with Brian. So I'm, wow. I'm happy with my process. I'm happy with the, analysis i went through i installed and uninstalled so many apps yeah, <laughs> over a, yeah. over a three-day period but i feel happy with going through that checklist of features you and i came up with and saying all right well so far I know what you it has should. to have yeah. and now here we are yeah. um yeah. i'm very happy with this app so well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot and i'm gonna give the ios a shot which to me is really there's a there's several quirks that I have about iOS apps. Of you remember I told you one handed use and all of that. That it's just going to take some hands on experience to try to see if you can do that. Like selecting multiple messages, can you do that with one finger, or do you have to go and reach across and say, click select, then go? So a lot of little oh. little things that I'll need to figure out. But well, that one may get you right away. Yeah, because I'm I'm on the mobile app right mm-hmm. now, which. I'll just show this. It is nice. It's pretty very slick. clean. Okay. Interface looks good. Um, it has a swiping in it that you can customize. Okay. But uh, if I click and hold on a on a message, it pops up a big menu of things I can do. And the menu includes select or something. 
Now, one big thing that I have is if select could be one of the swipe options, I'm also okay with that. It's like, oh, swipe, now I'm selecting, now I can select multiple. But there, and, and it does sound like they have a ton of settings that can be tweaked. So I, I would would certainly want to dig in and try to figure out if it yeah. could be a workaround. But There's so many on the iOS version too. So you really would need to kind of play around with it and see nice. what it would do. But that I don't know. Yeah, your iOS use is a little different than mine. So I... Yeah, yep. I tend to... Yeah, my, mine's I, much more sophisticated, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's, that, that's the word I was going to use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, I'm done. Wow. I we just went an hour and 20 minutes. Hour and 20 minutes with email again, right? So, bravo. Well, we're officially yeah. done. I'm done. I am invested. <laughs> I have paid my first month. This is it. So this even is going to be six months week. down the road. We are doing email revisited uh, to try to see is missive still being paid for or not. Yeah, so, that'd be a good question. We'll yeah. certainly would be anxious to see about that. All right. Huh. There you go. Email well, is done. The winner. The winner is in. Missive. Oh. Missive is the winner. Congratulations, Alan. God, that was I, an ordeal. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Nothing. you for going through that. Nothing was worse than going into a program and being like, oh my gosh, this looks great. And I just worked through each of those features and then I get to the showstopper. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Drat. Stopped me. So, um, and again, well, poor the- old Spark. Poor Spark. I went back and looked. Spark would have so much of this taken care of. Yep. I didn't have that, that bug that they refused to fix on it for me. And uh, so, yeah. You know what would be another interesting thing to figure out about some of these? I re- and I know I know why they don't, but I really wish the snoozing feature would go across to other apps. So, for example, if I use Missive Desktop and I snooze something, and Outlook would also Outlook Mobile oh, would also show yeah. it as snoozed or use it the same snooze. There would have to be a common common a common, uh, common format for folder, folder and use. What yeah. it does when you snooze an email. It's actually creating a tag or a label for that app. So, for example, when I was using Airmail, right now in my accounts, there are still Airmail tags because I haven't yes. gone and removed them. Yep. Airmail, and then under that, one is later. Another one is send later. Um, you know, or one is snooze, for example. That's where it's basically pocketing your emails until it's time to bring it back up again. So yeah, each of those apps that does a snooze has their own hierarchy of those labels and folders they put stuff in. It would be nice if there was a common format. Yeah. Because you're right. What happened, Brian, is I had been using Canary Mail for a while. I had some emails snoozed on it. So before yeah. I moved to Airmail, I had to say, okay, let me go into that snooze folder and I'm just going to have to blow it away and put it all in my inbox again and go back and re-snooze those things because there's yeah. no other way to do it. Then I had to do it again to go over to missive. But um, yeah, that, that is kind of a pain when moving between email apps or wanting to yep. use multiple apps. You may, I would love but to, but you can see why they don't, right. They don't want oh, yeah. you, they don't want to lose you. Right. They don't want to lose you. you. Sure. But that is one of the biggest issues with using a different application on your desktop than you do your mobile is it's those features, sending emails at a later date, snoozing an email to a later date, all those things that that app has its own system of organizing for you doesn't translate to another. So if you snooze an email on your desktop, it never shows up on your iOS mobile version unless 
your desktop was already back open again and, and triggered. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. For that reason, that's why I have, to, that's why for me, a desktop app had to have an equally equivalent iOS version that worked really well. And luckily for me, I'm happy with missive on the mobile. So that works for me as well. Hmm. Okay. I'm done talking, Brian. Yeah. Well, I'm done listening. I mean, I, I feel like you've, no, you've answered the question. The, the only issue being price, in my opinion, is yeah, that's and the that, big thing is like, is it important enough for someone to have all of these checked? And that's what it I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah. yeah. If, if email was just something I worked with on my personal basis, no, I, I, this is overkill for it. But I've got two companies I use email for. I've got two organizations I work with that I use email for. And I've got my personal stuff. Yeah. When I started doing all the math and plus the social media interactions I, I need, I'd like to have the exposure to. Um, it just kind of made sense that. Yeah. No, would I've liked it to been not single dollar digit. Yeah. But it's not. So. so yeah. Yep. yep. Awesome. I just uh, upped my, uh, my fees for my clients by. Um, a few cents a year, something like to get eighteen dollars more a month. So. <laughs> but you know what? Their service they're going to get from you is going to be so much, so much cleaner, better. and your your attitude is going to be better because you're not frustrated as much. And I tell you what, though, some of those features on that polymail I was telling you about automated email responses like. and scheduling those out, man, I mm. could use that, but um, it just was not worth another eleven dollars a month. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Um, that's where it got a little crazy. So, wow. Okay, Brian. Ooh. Okay. Well, I think you have, you've done your job. You've done your yeah. job. You can take, uh, you can take the next one off if you want. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to plan for you to have the topic next week. Cause I am All right. talked out in the last few weeks, but uh, thanks nice. everybody for enduring our email showcase showdown um, over the last several weeks. It's been a healthy exercise for me. I don't know if it was healthy for anybody watching or listening, but if it makes at least made you think about some of the things that you would depend on email to do or you'd like for your email to do. Obviously, I showed you I had how many applications I tried out um, yeah. a lot, over a dozen. There's a lot out there and there's a lot of options that are not across each of them. So hopefully this uh, gave you a little bit of insight, maybe to help you do your own research on what would be your ideal ideal email platform going forward. So um, awesome. Okay. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up then. Thanks for everybody for watching or listening. This has been brothers in tech, Brian, if anybody wants to follow up with us and maybe, <laughs> maybe tell me why missive was a huge mistake and they used it and it was the worst app they've ever used. How yeah. can people make me feel so, so bad? Um, and do that. Well, interestingly, you could send Alan an email uh, yeah. and that and email could be at info at the mesh.tv. Um, although my advice would be if you do have a, an issue with missive, why don't you wait about two or three months? Because I want to see Alan spend money on it and then tell him why this was a, this was a huge mistake. Um, so you can also go to our website, www.brothers-n-tech.com and uh, look for previous episodes um i don't know maybe one of these days we'll like actually put up the the hidden you know uh episode from last week and uh yeah maybe we'll maybe not i don't no, know it was a good okay. it was a good one it was good yeah, we yeah, talked about over the air tv which um is still a thing i did not realize but brian was very 
uh, very versed in the subject and uh, we learned a lot together. So. <laughs> hence, hence why Alan chose that it really didn't need to be posted. It was Brian's topic. So. Like, do we schedule this to post? Yeah. Well, <laughs> postponed. I snoozed it. So it'll come cool. back later, <laughs> some yep. other date. So nice, nice. We'll get it back up there. We'll do it. All right, bro. All right. Thanks, Thanks everybody. You guys take care. Thanks for watching or listening. And we will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.